Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Let's Level Up podcast. I think this is episode number 13. I'd like to thank everybody who tuned in to the last episode to uh, check out Tiffany Ralph, the one tar on the on this uh, featured on the podcast. Um, I had a great time with that uh, conversation, and um, uh, Tiffany was actually really awesome at Origins, got me a copy of Spyfall, which is really cool. So I'm really looking forward to that. And actually, we have a live play of Spyfall that we're going to do this Thursday. That is June 18th, 2015. If you're watching this in the future, um, you probably already missed it, but you can check it out on our YouTube channel for sure. So uh, we're going to be filming that or actually doing a live broadcast of that at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you're on the internet and you want to come see us make fools of ourselves and play some Spyfall, please come join us, ask questions, see if you can pick out who's the spy or not before I can, uh, because generally I'm going to be the good guy. That's just generally how things work. Even when I'm not the good guy, I still like to say I am because I think that's how you're supposed to play those games. Um, I wanted to really quickly announce that we are doing a um, the first ever West Texas tabletop convention. Um, this is going to be a lot of the um, a lot of people when they think of Texas conventions, they, of course they think Dallas, they think Austin and Houston. Uh, well, there's a whole other half of the state that kind of gets neglected here. So here in little old San Angelo, Texas, we're going to be putting together the first ever West Texas Tabletop Con. We've got guys from the Dice Tower coming out. We've got Scott Morris from Arcane Wonders coming out. We got the guys from Fireside Games coming out, um, and plenty of demoers for AEG and uh, some of the other big companies as well. So if you want to attend, please go to Facebook and look, just look up the West Texas Tabletop Con. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter about it, and I can give you more information. Again, uh, my Twitter handle is at Let's Level Up. The dates are going to be August 15th and 16th, I believe. Let me just double check that really quick. Yes, August 15th and 16th, starting at 10 a.m. Uh, on Saturday, we're going to go all day, and on Sunday, is going to be a half day. So since this is our first year, it's going to be a little lighter in the attendance we're expecting, but we are really looking forward to it. We have some really awesome uh, stuff planned for this event. So a lot of people are putting a lot of hard work into this, and hopefully this is the first of what's going to be a really cool convention and maybe even you know grow to a substantial size. So um, again, if you're interested in more information there, just go to Facebook and then look up the West Texas Tabletop. Con. Um, I'm actually really, really stoked for my guest here today. Um, I just did a review over his new board game, Spectre Ops, uh, Mr. Emerson Matsuhuchi. Matsuchi, oh my goodness, I just no. butchered your last name, Emerson. <laughs> no, no, actually, you got you got it close. You were, it's, let's just say it's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that problem a lot? Do people butcher your name a lot? I think a lot of people are so concerned about pronouncing it right where you know it if you're pronouncing it close I'm I'm already happy with that. <laughs> awesome. So, so I'm not yeah I don't I'm not a stickler for pronunciation and you know, especially with with my my last name because it's not it's not easy to discern what the proper pronunciation is. Yeah, uh, I get you. I get you. My um I have my best friend is uh, Tink. He did an episode of the show a while ago, but his name is spelled T H I N H, and he calls himself Tink. Um, but everyone else is yeah. is you know pronounces it Thin or or Tin or something like that. Uh, and right, when he says right. no, it's Tink, like with a K at the end. Everyone just kind of looks at him really <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> so you are the proprietor of Nazca Games. Mm-hmm, that's correct. And you guys make excellent games how do you do it 
Uh, let's see. I think that, you know, I wish I could say that I had like a particular formula for success. Um, one of my colleagues, uh, part as he was part of the, uh, the New York, or he is part of the New York, um, New York City Design Group. So he was asking me like, what is my inspiration for the games or what is sort of my process? Uh, for my games and, and that's the first time I actually thought back and, and really reviewed in my mind, like how did I come up with those games? And each one had a very, very different start. Um, so it's, uh, so I wish I could say like I had a particular process that I follow in order to, you know, cr- to create a game, but each one, you know, the starting point for them were, were very, very different. So it's it's hard for me to to say not not because you know I'm trying to keep a trade secret or anything like that. Sure, no, I get you. But uh, but it's something I'd like to kind of explore is you know what is the the process that seems to be the most successful for me because if I do have a process then you know perhaps you know, I can be more consistent you know with, <laughs> with my designs. Um, but that that being said, uh, I know that I believe it was Rainer Knizia that. Um, that made the statement where, you know, if you always start from the same place, you'll always end up in the same place mm-hmm. as well. So, so maybe it's, it's good that, you know, the ideas come from different places. That way it's an organic, natural feel to it and that each, each design is, becomes more distinctive and more unique uh, among the designs that you create. That's very interesting, especially with your catalog of games. For those of you who don't know, uh, NASCA Games has three. I believe it's. I believe it's just three. Please forgive me if I'm mixing one, Emerson. Um, Oh no, you're you're absolutely correct. So we've got Tricks and Treats, which is a really cool deduction game based around Halloween, where you gotta have to uh, you you try to take candy and put it, and you're dividing all your candy after Halloween, and you're putting into different baskets, and you're trying to stock your basket up with the most candy without getting called out as a cheater. Um, So there's a really cool deduction element to it. You've got Vault, the robot battle arena game, which is um, just (laughs) an incredibly fun game. It's one that my son absolutely adores and he tries to play every time we go to an event he'll bring his copy of vault that he has and he'll be trying to talk people into play and he's only six so uh, granted he doesn't play vault necessarily by the book he's got his own set of rules on it but he still loves it Uh, and, and, and has it down for the most part um uh, you can still, I mean, I think any competent 30-year-old can probably outmaneuver him on the board, but he still really likes it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's and, fantastic. And then, of course, Specter Ops, which I've called the, the best hidden movement game that's on the market for sure. Um, all oh, thank th- you. All three of these games are incredibly thematic. They're incredibly different from one another, and they're all super fun. And at the end of the day, that's that's all that matters for me in a game is, is it fun to play? Is it something that you want to play again and again? And you've got three hits with three very different games. Both the size of the project seem much, much... They're kind of scaling up a little bit from, from if you go from yeah. project to project. Yeah. Um, when there was, a, there was a gentleman that uh, they came to the booth uh, at Origins and was asking me what advice do I have for you know budding designers and and game companies, which I'm super flattered that people are looking to me for advice, considering that I'm still very you know very new to this industry. Uh, but the advice that I gave him, you know, not knowing what other sound advice I could give a person was to just start small because that's sort of the way I started. So I, you know, I started with something small, something where I feel like I could accomplish it. I can, I can see the end. 
um, you know, I kind of resisted resisted the urge to start a project on like this dream idea that I've had since I was like 10 years old. You know, this this massively overly ambitious game that I've wanted to create. You know, since you know since I was in great um but i resisted that urge and i said to myself you know i'm going to start with something small and see that to completion understand the whole process um and then you know take it from there take take the baby steps do it step by step so and i'm really happy that you know i'm getting to the point where i can cr- create um or at least design uh more um i guess fully fully fleshed out board games like nice big box board games mm-hmm. So the size of the boxes is, uh, at least it's like a, a tangible metric by which I can see yeah. my progress. Is the size of the boxes getting bigger? Yeah, no, it really is. I was looking at that the other day. Um, we had a tricks and treats on the table and then vault and then, um, and, and excuse me, then Spectre Ops. And I was like, ah, things are just progressing. You can, you can, you can see it. They're all laid out on the table. Um, and that's just, that was yeah. a really cool, um, kind of realization for me and I, I've said it before I think I said it in I don't know if it was our vault review or our tricks and treats review um, in fact it may have been a top five video that we did we mentioned vault and I had said that you were oh. one of my favorite designers that are that are up and coming and I think that's I think that statement even more so now with release of Spectre Ops is is holding true I don't know oh, if thank it, you in this and I'm sorry I don't want to turn this into a hey Emerson I really want to just give you compliments for 30 minutes podcast, but um, it, may, it may turn into I that. I don't mind anyways. that either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I, I don't know of anybody who is who's who's basically came onto the scene and is, um, and for what I could tell, as little time as you have, and has made such a big impact. At least in my household, there's nobody that could touch you. Um, everybody in my household will play a NASCA game. Um, whether it's Spectre Ops or Tricks and Treats, and I think that's all, except for maybe the baby. She still hasn't gotten, and she can't hold on cards without chewing on them yet. So, um, but, <laughs> that's uh, understandable. Yeah, but I mean, we all have so much fun with it, and I can take them anywhere. Um, and it's just really, uh, it's really nice. So, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you know, where mm-hmm. did where, where did you get your start in gaming? Is there a particular game you had doing when your childhood that you really liked that drew to it, or um, how did oh, you begin? Yeah. Wow. Um, I knew that you know as I was growing up, I wanted to do something around games at some point in my life, um, and I was drawn to computers because I really was into like you know uh, video games and computer games. Mm-hmm. So I had Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I had the original. You know, I grew up with like this the original Nintendo Entertainment System, and you know, just had consoles. Ever since, ever since then, ever since the beginning. So I think I've had a console from every single generation. Maybe not every console generation, but at least one from every console generation. Yeah. So I was always very hooked onto games. But at the same time, I did spend a lot of time with tabletop games. Uh, I was very much into playing, uh, Risk. Um, one of my favorite board games when I was in grade school. And, and I'm sure we weren't playing it right. I'm sure we were just house ruling everything, but it was just so much fun. But it was a game. At that time, it was called Shogun. And I think it's got his name changed to, uh, Samurai Swords. And then I think now its current incarnation is Ikusa. But okay. yeah, that was like one of the games I, I really, really enjoyed. Um, you know, because you had the, like the ninja piece. I mean, that was like the coolest piece. Yeah. 
um, <laughs> on the on the board. I'm sure we were butchering the rules as we were playing it, but it was just so much fun. Uh, then I got into uh, role playing games and some miniatures games. So I got into Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, got in a little bit into uh, uh, Warhammer, uh, not the 40k, but uh, the Warhammer Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always been into like tabletop games. Um, you know, I've gotten into a lot of different kinds of RPGs. Um, and I think probably, and also I got into like Magic the Gathering, which, oh, to this day, I mean, it's the, I have a very interesting relationship with Magic the Gathering. It's the game that I love and hate at the same time. I love the game. I hate the huge black hole it leaves in my wallet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm counting that as no longer a game, but an addiction. <laughs> I think I think there are probably millions of people around the world that could share that same, if not yeah. at least a million. I mean, um, I yeah. mean, Magic may be one of the best tabletop games ever, next to Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's timeless yeah, it at is. this point. It seems it seems like it's going to be around forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there. I'm surprised how much stuff come out with you know. They're, you know, it seems like they're running out of design space for their games, but they just keep on coming up with really creative things each time. Yeah, block and after I try block. To, and and every time they mechanics. come up with, yeah, and every time they come up with a new set, you know, I want to check out a, you know, some of the the cool hot cards, and then I have to turn myself away. Yeah. Before I get sucked back <laughs> into it, I can, I can feel the 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 grasp. <laughs> yeah, I I, I get you. Know, you I can start to feel the withdrawal symptoms here. <laughs> I, I I bought a um, yeah. I bought one of the starter decks for Theros. We had a game shop open up down the road, um, and mm-hmm. I just happened to go in there and I wanted to buy something, but I didn't want to spend, you know, I didn't want to break my bank, so I just bought an intro deck, and I ended up playing that intro deck in a Friday Night Magic, and I got cream, mm-hmm. but it was so fun, and um, yeah. it was it was a white deck in Theros, and I ended up building a soldiers. Uh, soldier slash heroes uh, deck. I don't know if you played any of the Theros set. And then, before I know it, I'm hundreds of dollars sunk into the Theros block. And <laughs> I had a that's set, how they get you. Yeah, and then you know, Dragons of Taker, uh, sorry, Takir started coming out, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. I just said, you know, what? I can't, I can't get into this set as well. Um, this is never going to stop. So I've kind of pulled <laughs> myself back, but I, I feel like, like probably next year there's going to be a set that it just can't resist. And uh, I'll end up yeah. diving back in. The uh, the folks from uh, Board with Life they did an excellent little skit about this exact you know collectible addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it with the Marvel Dice Masters, so it was incredibly funny. Um, so if you haven't seen that little little clip, I definitely recommend checking it out so with with Board with. So great great bunch of guys, by the way. Oh yeah, those guys are awesome. Um, yeah. They have really, really good content. The, yeah, yeah, I love, I love the stuff that they do. Really high production values, incredibly funny. What, what kind of magic did you play when you played Magic? Uh, let's see. I started around seventh edition, um, or just after, yeah, around seventh edition, just before eighth edition was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, actually, I shouldn't say that. I actually started when Magic first came out. When they first came out on the scene, I was like a freshman in college, around there, uh, sophomore in college, and my friends got really into it. Uh, but 
strangely, I didn't immediately get into it. So a friend of mine handed me a deck and says, okay, we're going to play. You know, you're going to really love this game. But he he crushed me. <laughs> and I said, okay, let's let's play that again. And then he crushed me again. And then each time I played it, it, you know, he was crushing me with these cards that I couldn't figure out how to counter. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to do with your, you know, your ancestral recall and your, uh, you know, your, your black lotus and like, how do I can't stop you? Uh-huh. So at that time, I actually was actually turned off by magic. And it was only much later that I kind of got into it at my own speed which was around 7th edition, I think it was around that time, um, that I got into it. And then I, I was heavily into it from then all the way until, I'm going to say, like the first Ravnica block, like around Guild Wars. And then okay. at that point, I said, you know what, I think I've spent several, you know, thousands of dollars. I think I better... <laughs> It's like, okay, I'm starting to have like these card boxes with all, you know, with tons of cards. And I thought, you know, I think I really need to stop <laughs> at some point. So I, traded, I ended up trading one addiction for another because then I got into World of Warcraft. I'm sorry, World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sharing a very similar no. tale right now. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, I think I was, <laughs> I was able to get off of magic, but I got hooked into World of Warcraft <laughs> for a while. Another, and I still do play it on on occasions. Yeah, it's another amazing That's game. Long. I actually haven't gotten the latest expansion pack for it. Um, oh, you haven't had the World Warlords of Draenor yet? Yeah, all my buddies are still playing it, and they really wanted me to get back into it. And I may, just because I've gotten insanely addicted to Heroes of the Storm, their latest game. And I can get right, a special yes. mount if I get the character to level 100. So that's almost making me just re- just fall into that trap again. <laughs> well, let me, let me know if you do. <laughs> yeah, definitely I definitely will do. I may, I may I may stop by your realm and and say hi and stuff like that. Awesome. Since you're into the Heroes of the Storm, were you ever into the like the MOBAs? Um, Actually, no. Like Dota or League of Legends? Not Ooh, not interesting. Okay. Yeah, not even a little bit. I really detested. I say detest. That sounds so harsh. Um, <laughs> I, I just I didn't find it fun. I didn't. Um, I played the original Dota. I was a huge Warcraft 3 fan and Warcraft 2 and Warcraft mm-hmm. and Starcraft and subsequently Starcraft 2. Um, I really right, liked right. real-time strategy games and um, Defense of the Ancients to me just seemed really, really watered down and I didn't under- mm-hmm. it was To me, it was just a custom map and then when League of Legends came out and I was like, wait, that's just the custom map from Warcraft. Like, Why would anybody play right, that right. when you could play Starcraft 2's coming out or whatever? And um, Right, right. There's a couple mechanics in the game that I felt are really um, uh, unnecessary. The, the whole last hitting to get experience and to get coins and that kind of thing and building that up. It didn't, to me, it didn't make sense. Right, right. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't thematic at all. Um, but I, I did enjoy it, but it was more like the teamwork aspect mm-hmm. of, those, of those games. Now, mind you, when I play... Uh, I think I've only played like a couple of pub matches. Uh-huh. Um, so most of my time playing those games were, were just with some friends or just a couple of random people. And then we would play against the AI. Oh, okay, yeah. 
So it was a lot. It was a lot more more lax because um, when you get to the more competitive levels, then uh, you know it becomes very very stressful because you know your one mistake on your part could wipe your wipe out your entire team and and so forth. Yeah. And so I I don't see myself enjoying like that aspect of it as much because there is quite a bit of pressure to perform, um, and especially because it is one of those like esports that has like a high. Um, like high prize pools. I, I think mm-hmm. the the largest prize pool for any um, like you know game related sports is like the international, which is the Dota two the Dota two competition. Sure. Uh, and I mean the prize pools are in the millions of dollars. So people, you know, a lot of people take it super seriously. And I'm I don't see myself getting to like that level of competitiveness. <laughs> but I really did enjoy like the teamwork aspect of it and. And I guess from playing some of these games, I do in see um, some areas where um, you can take some of those experiences from either you know your favorite MMORPG or from your favorite uh, MOBA like League of Legends or Dota, mm-hmm. and distill some of those those experiences into an analog game. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see some potentials there. Not that you know I'm playing it for the sake of getting these ideas, but I just kind of enjoy lots of different types. I'm an extremely eclectic gamer. Like I love all different kinds of games. Absolutely. And the the downside of that is I'm equally terrible at all these games <laughs> because I <laughs> I can never build up the skill sets to to really excel in any kind of game because I just like to try different things you know i'm always the guy at the buffet that has to have like a little bit of everything mm-hmm. i i know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about man that is me to a t um and yeah, it really yeah. frustrates some of my friends because i'll get into a game like oh, this is really fun to check out this game guys and then they'll they'll get it and i'll be mm-hmm. on to the next day and like hey you get a couple of this game right. like, oh no I'm, I'm checking out this <laughs> other game now like uh there have been a couple games that really hold my interest. Like I said, I played WoW for eight years, nine years, you know, and it was a lot, a lot of commitment. Oh, wow. I, I still play wow. StarCraft, and I really love that. Um, and uh, that's, that's, I have an Xbox, and I play that occasionally, but um, I, most of my time now is spent at the table and, you know, with the family and with friends and, and away from the screen if I can help it. Right, right. I think that's, the, you know, I guess part of our realities of being a father, having kids, mm-hmm. and, you know, our perspective has kind of shifted a bit, and and I'm wondering if that might be part of the reason why I've sort of, you know, veered a little bit away from, you know, video games, and I'm starting to gravitate more towards, like, the tabletop games, is that, you know, I can also like to have some kind of fun, engaging activities that I can have when my kids grow up. Mm-hmm. So... And also something that I could play with my wife because my wife is not, um, she's not really into, uh, video games. Mm-hmm. I had her, I had her try, um, World of Warcraft. So, you know, we created one of those trial accounts. Uh, you know, she created a hunter character because I told her, you know, that's probably the easiest. Your pet does most of the work. Sure. But, uh, but even so, I, I mean, I was on, I think at that time, you know, I was on my 70th or 80th level paladin just following her around because she <laughs> she couldn't grasp how to play. So, you know, every five minutes I would have to resurrect her <laughs> because it was just, you know, we take for granted how, you know, because we have so much experience with video games that it's, to us, it seems so easy. Like when you when you start off with one, you only have a few abilities, you know, how to, how to hit the buttons, you know, how to target, things mm-hmm. like that. And we take that for granted. Or at least I did until I saw my wife really struggle with it. 
<laughs> so, you know, she's more of like a movie watcher and a book reader. Yeah, and so, I love so, her to death. Sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just crazy because you're 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 speaking, and it's just like, yep, yeah, that's that's my life to a T. Um, I had almost a very similar occurrence happen with my wife, except for she went ahead and made a no mage, and um, and she Ooh. was just running around. Uh, what is that? Done. The Dernhold Dun Moreau, That's right. Yeah. So she's just running around that starter area, and she's getting killed by. Um, those troglodytes and yeah those troglodytes yeah <laughs> and she was she's like ah you know this isn't for me i'm like okay but she has picked up child of light um which is a really cool rpg oh. by square enix i don't know if your um, wife would be into that it plays a lot like a bedtime story and it's very very well written and um it has a really i cool mean i was interested in that game well. just for myself like i saw it up on steam and you know it was very very intriguing yeah yeah she yeah, um i'm mean, oh, sorry go ahead Oh no, I was I was gonna segue into into something, but go ahead. Yeah, she was um, she wanted it. I actually saw her playing it, and I was like, oh man, it looks beautiful. Uh, so I started a, an account or a character or whatever, and ended up beating the game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, that was a really really good twenty dollar game. I mean, that was that was really fun. Um, let's get back to tabletop stuff. Let's 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 talk sure. about um, let's talk about Specter Ops and how. From when it, when I played it uh, originally at Gen Con, or you showed it to me, it was called Cipher Ops. And, um, yes, that's correct. Can you talk a bit about your partnership? I guess just at a high level with with Plaid Hat and and how that all came to be, and why you decided to do that rather than just publish it yourself. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I was always a big fan of Plaid Hat, uh, not just you know their games, but also at like their company as well. Mm-hmm. I like the ideology that they had in, in um, how they produce games and how they approach their, their market, their audience, and how they engage with them. So as a company, I wanted to kind of, I was looking up at Plaid Hat, um, and not just Plaid Hat, there were some other companies like Level 99 that I was looking up towards. So some of the, you know, the, the companies that are, that are right on the cusp of being, you know, going from a small company to a medium, you know, size to a large size company and i saw some of these companies that were right on that edge and i and i kind of wanted to get some inspiration and sort of follow in their footsteps Mm -hmm. so um i had a chance to meet with colby and you know at that time i was uh, um, it was like a great honor to to meet him because i i I was a big fan of plat hat so we met at the gamma trade show uh last year and then we met again at PAX. Uh, he stopped by uh, my booth, and we were just chit-chatting. And then there was a demo of, or it was a very rough, rough um, prototype of CypherOps that I had. Mm-hmm. And I was just showing, I was just using it as like a little, you know, hey, this is what's coming, you know, coming next from from NASCA games. And Colby was curious about it, and, uh, and he says, "Hey, you know, would you like to, to play the prototype? You know, show me your prototype." So you know, I was you know, I was elated, and I s- sat down and I played a game with him. And and then after that, uh, I saw that he was really, really interested in um, producing the game and and working together on the project. And he was, I mean, he was super courteous in that he was telling me that you know we this is what we plan to do. Um, 
you know, he was clearing everything with me in terms of, you know, getting my agreements on these different things and different stipulations and so forth. And he mentions, you know, he, he liked to, you know, give it uh, an overhaul, uh, make it a bigger game, uh, in a bigger box with a, a bigger board. Uh, he, he had, um, envisioned putting miniatures and things like that. And everything sounded fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, at that time, he says, you know, I know I'm throwing a lot on you. You know, give it some time. Think it over. You don't need to um, answer me right away. Uh, and then, of course, I said, yes, let's do it. <laughs> right then, <laughs> right awesome. then and there. Yeah, I, you know, I really couldn't pass up the opportunity to work with Plathead. I mean, they've been, and you know, I, there's definitely no regrets. They've been a fantastic company to work with. I mean, they are very, very much into their, into making the products the best they can be. So, and it was, it was a fantastic learning experience for me as well to understand more of the process. I've been through the process once of producing, um, a board game, but going, um, working with them, you know, I saw more of how a real good quality product, like what are the steps that a, a company goes through to make something that's of really, really great quality. I mean, one of the things was um, picking out an artist, which is something I haven't done. Uh, the My previous my previous game's Vault and Tricks and Treats, um, I kind of leaned on my own ability to do some 3D modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was, I really was trying to run, like run the company on a shoestring budget, trying to, um, trying not to be too cheap, but trying to cut costs where I could. Sure. So I felt that, you know, I can, I can do passable illustrations. So let me, let me see if I can, like, you know, the old saying was fake it till you make it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so I learned, so I learned quite a bit about, you know, interacting with the artists. Uh, I saw, um, the artist that they had brought on for Spectrops, his name is Steve Hamilton. He does a, a really phenomenal job. Um, and just going through the process of starting with the brief of the characters, then um, then doing like the concepts and then fleshing out those concepts. Uh, as they were showing me each step of the artistic development, you know, I was also using that as inspiration to kind of combine and tweak some of the rules to make them more thematic with the characters mm-hmm. and the character concepts. So that whole process was very, very enlightening, and you know, I enjoyed every every moment of it. It was it was fantastic. That's awesome. Are, are there any other future collaborations with you guys? Are there any future expansions for for Specter Ops um, that you can talk about now or? Yes, yes, and maybe. Okay. <laughs> so All the right. first question was, <laughs> so the first question was, is there any uh, efforts that we're collaborating on? Mm-hmm. Yes, the, we actually do have a few projects that uh, NASCA Games and Platinum Games are are working on. Uh, one of the things that, and this is still kind of up in the air, is that uh, um, because you know I'm working more with with plaid hat uh, i think that in terms of like the publishing side i may not do as much publishing under nasca games but more doing a little bit more or leaning more towards on the design side of things okay um and there are uh, there's also i guess to answer your second question is there a future spectrum ops game was that the was that the question mm-hmm. yeah okay so um at origins i did uh, present some some concepts for an expansion for Specter Ops. Interesting. So I, 
so I showed, yeah, so I showed some of the ideas that I had, and at Origins, I got the green light to start me building the prototype and start playtesting some of these ideas. That's awesome, man. So, yeah, so I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah, and you're then not to the answer, only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I'm hugely flattered, by the way. Thank you. Um, and then t- your third question was, um, is it is it something that I can talk about? And my maybe answer is that I'm kind of going with what what uh, what Plathead has already mentioned on their podcast. So I since they mentioned it, I think I'm okay to mention some of those things. Okay. But one of the projects that we're working on uh, with, or actually two of them, I can probably mention a little bit of this of those two. Um, the first one is that we're working on a little micro game to go along with with Spectre Ops. So it's a it's a hidden role micro game awesome. that we have planned, and it's still it's still in the works. And and I'm kind of going, I guess I'm kind of regressing. So I I start with a small card game, and then I'm up yeah. to a bigger box board game. Now I'm going to regress down to a small card game again. Uh, and then the next thing that I'm working on with Plaid Hat is, and this is actually, um, I guess, a new direction for them, is that um, I'm working on a Euro game. Oh, them. cool. That's so very cool. It's, yeah, it's currently called Caravan. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be the final name, but it is going to be um, a, uh, I guess it's going to be one of these interesting um, ideas where, uh, well, the interesting part is in terms of the marketing, and that it's going to have sort of like a more traditional Euro side as well as a more thematic side to it. And I, I know that sounds super nebulous, but I don't want to get into like all the details, but I'm mm-hmm. really, really excited for like the, having them put sort of the plaid hat touch to it. So, so I'll, you know, I have, um, the design and plaid hat is taking that and turning it into something really, really cool, um, both visually as well as, you know, production value and quality. Oh yeah, they're, so I mean, really, Plat Hat really... components are are top notch, and their their art is always so good. I mean, when I first yeah. opened my Mystics, I was blown away uh, by that, and um, yeah, that's that's really cool that you can that you found partners who uh, not only can provide that sort of skill and that sort of um, polish, so to speak, on what you have as a good idea, but are also so willing to work with you, man. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm extremely happy um, with the, with this relationship. So, and and I do also have some other good news in that I also presented like another prototype to the Plat Hat folks, and they seem to you know um, really taken with it. So I may actually have a third um, oh, working yeah. project <laughs> with nice. with the Plat Hat folks. So I'm, nice. I'm really 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 happy about that. And then also on the other side, so Plaid Hat, uh, I mean, they're like, when it comes to, you know, producing board games, I mean, they know how to produce a board mm-hmm. game. Uh, so the one thing where I can add value to the relationship is that uh, I'm a programmer by day, so that's sort of my day job. Sure. Is that I do software development. And one of the things that I like to offer, you know, to this partnership is I can also develop apps as well. So that's one area that I'm trying to get into. And one of the oh, first projects, cool. App projects that we're working on together is the Crossroads uh, companion app. Who awesome. did a winter? So uh, there's been a few like spoiler screenshots that have been posted up on on Twitter. 
So, but we're, we're working on finalizing that. And then the next project that, you know, I'm really super eager to work on and I'm just trying to get the time to, to devote to it is the Spectre Ops companion app. So I'm really psyched about doing it. I've got the, the design document for it. So I just need to be able to, um, allocate the time to be able to start actually doing the coding for it. Man, that is incredible. So that's a, so I'm really, really st- stoked about that. So we, yeah, we got a, we got a lot of things coming uh, down the pipe. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's, it sounds like you're going to be very busy for the next couple years. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess is a great problem to have, huh? I, I, it is. It is a fantastic problem. I mean, I, I can tell you that, and I feel extremely fortunate to to be in the position that I'm in. Working with Plaid Hat, working in an industry that I absolutely have a very strong passion for, and to be able to do what I do, um, I'm super thankful for. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I gotta say, I gotta tell you, thank you one more time. Um, you gave me some. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you if you would describe it as advice, but I took it as advice as far as my prototype for a game I was working on, and I actually pitched it to a publisher and got it signed, and we're currently going through the motions as well. So, um, Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Hopefully we'll have something going uh, towards the end of the year. We're going to have to go to Kickstarter because they are a smaller publisher, um, but mm-hmm. um, it's 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 fun, and um, I'm, I'm really excited for people to get their hands on it. So as soon as we have some artwork to show off, I'm going to start spamming everybody with it. So, um, Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you may want to get your block ready on twitter guys because it's not going to be pretty (laughs) (laughs) no no i'm i'm definitely looking forward to seeing that that's the one that um it was at last gen con right that's right you had shown me oh i'm i'm super excited for you it's fantastic yeah one of the things i don't even know if you remember the conversation but one of the things when i was describing you how the game worked um Mm -hmm. you know it's it's you're you're a recently hatched dragon and um, as i'm Mm -hmm. sitting there talking to you about it he said yeah that's that's it sounds interesting, but there's, you're not giving me anything that makes me feel like I'm a dragon, right? So I started thinking about mm-hmm. the theme of the game, and then we, we have a whole new element in the game that's just all about abilities that you can do as a dragon and the way that you can spec that character up as you level up and as you grow in size, you can get certain other abilities and powers, and it's it all is kind of coming together, and uh, it's, it's playing oh, really sure. nicely now. So uh, thank awesome, you for awesome. that. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I was able to give some constructive advice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm always, I'm always worried when I give advice because I still feel like I'm very new. Um, you know, I'm I'm new to design. I'm new to the industry. So, and I don't want to lead people astray with you know bad advice. Sure. I think at the end of the day, huh. any advice needs to be taken. Um, you know, with some. You know, with with some sort of salt, right? Um, it depends on how many grains right. you want to swallow with it. But um, you you have to right. do. If it's your project, you have to be the one that really absorbs that information, commits to it. And if you're just getting right. advice thrown at you all day, if you don't believe in the advice, then don't do it. I mean, it's your baby at the right. end of the day. It's going to be your name on it. You have to believe right. in what you're putting together. Right. Right. Yeah, so. yeah, are you able to uh, divulge which which publisher is the one that's picking, picking yeah. up your game? Yeah, we absolutely are. Um, it's Lamplight Games out of uh, Saskatchewan, Canada. And, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so they are, um, 
I don't know if they were at Origins this year or not. I think they're they're definitely going to be at Gen Con, and they should be demoing whelps um, there at Gen Con. Unfortunately, I won't be there this year because I have one busted up roof I have to get fixed this year, and so that's going to take up all of my Ooh. con budget. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. I mean, it's it's hold together. We've had a lot of really bad storms here in Texas the past couple months, a lot of flooding, and we haven't had any leaks yet. But when I had the appraiser come out, he said it was the worst roof he's ever seen, (laughs) (laughs) which I couldn't believe because it's not leaking anywhere. Uh, So uh, I definitely am just trying to hopefully it holds up until the end of the year and we get it all fixed and be good. Yeah, well, definitely wish you luck with that. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, well, Emerson, I want to just say thank you again, man, for taking the time to talk to us. Anytime you want to come back to the show and just talk about things, games that you're playing, uh, games that you're working on, and anything like that, you're more than welcome to come back. Is there anything you'd like to tell the fans before we go ahead and uh, close off here? Oh, um, let's see. Well, I just want to thank uh, everyone for all the support. Uh, everyone that I've met at, at conventions or through forums, you know, everyone's been just so inviting and so friendly in this community that, you know, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone out there. Um, you know, there's everyone from all different areas, like reviews like yourself have given me a tremendous amount of support and encouragement. So really, really appreciate that. So I guess it's, uh, you know, I want to throw a thank you in your direction as well for that. Oh, yeah, you're more than welcome. Like I told you on Twitter today, man, thank you. If it wasn't for guys making awesome games, reviewers would have nothing to talk about. So, um, <laughs> well, I guess there'd be plenty of guys making bad games and that, and they could talk about those, but. Right, right. You know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> no, I, I, and I truly mean every word that I say about Spectre Ops. It is absolutely phenomenal, guys. If you're looking for a hidden movement game, if you're looking for a highly strategic board game for that two to five player range, you absolutely need to check out Spectre Ops. Go buy your friendly local game store. If they don't have a demo copy available for you to try it, ask them to get one because it's definitely something that every game store needs to have for sure. And I think that every, every, uh, strategic gamer needs to have on their shelf because it is just absolutely um, great and I mean that uh, 100% so Emerson thank you so much for your time buddy oh Rick thank you so much for having me this has been fantastic and fun awesome and thank you everybody for listening Uh, if you guys like the podcast please tell your friends about it subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher Smart Radio Uh, we also have our RSS available at letslevelup.net rate and review the show spread the word follow us on Twitter at letslevelup you can follow Emerson at Nazca Games on Twitter and I believe his official website is nazcagames.com is that right Emerson? that's correct all right. Well, until next time, guys, thank you so much. And for you Mage Wars fans out there, do not worry. Nothing has happened to the show. We are just all incredibly busy and haven't really had a good chance to meet back up with. With con season going on, uh, they've got Mage Wars Domination that was just released. Uh, they just announced Academy is going to be available at Gen Con. So you definitely want to try to reserve those copies. We will have more Mage Wars Mondays very, very soon. For all of you guys that are messaging me and saying where's the new episodes, I hear hear you i promise we will get new content out just as soon as we're able to thank you so much for the words of encouragement and everything you said to uh the arcane wonders guys at origins they passed a lot of that on to me and it's just really flattering to know that you guys actually like this stuff so um thank you so much again i really appreciate it and until next time game on 